everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 138. Today we are going to be going over a Francis Ford Coppola movie and short, I guess you might say, followed by a review of the new Black Panther Wakanda Forever film. So without further ado, let's get into our Francis Ford Coppola corner. Let's stop here for a moment to let you all know about Newsly. Newsly is an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. It picks up the most trending articles on the web on topics you choose at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time ever, the entire web becomes listenable all in one place. Browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. You can follow any topic as specific as you like from sports, tech, business, science, Bitcoin, or heck, even the Kardashians. Newsly will find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud. They even have digital radio. Did we mention they also have podcasts from over 80 countries? Well, they do. And guess what? The Movie Pals podcast is there, too. I started using Newsly as my default podcast player, and I can't think of ever going back. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me or from the link in our description. And make sure to use our promo code TMPALS. That's T-M-P-A-L-S to receive a one-month free premium subscription. Newsly, stop scrolling and start listening. So, if this is your first time listening to us, we are doing um, a little side project here on the Movie Pals Pod where we're reviewing all the Francis Ford Coppola's movies, starting with his first film all the way to his last. And this time around, we are rolling up on kind of a special short film that he did for <laughs> Disney Theme Park. Followed by a review of, like I said, of a um, another film from 1986, Peggy Sue Got Married. So if this is your first time, we do always give you guys kind of a heads up on a little bit of history since the last time. Since the last couple of films that we did review was The Cotton Club. I believe that was 1984. So with that doing, uh, just jumping into some info, I did it for Beth. So the, the films, by the way, just, I guess you can call the first one a film. It's just a short little, it's more of a ride. Captain EO, followed yeah. by... Peggy Sue Got Married, both from 1986. So in 1986, Coppola directed Captain EO, a 17-minute space fantasy for Disney theme parks. The short was executive produced by George Lucas and starred Michael Jackson. Captain EO made full use of its 3D effects. The action on the screen extended into the audience, including asteroids, lasers, laser impacts, smoke effects, and star fields that filled the theater. These effects resulted in the 17-minute film, costing an estimated $30 million to produce. At the time, it was the most expensive film ever. Produced on a permanent basis, averaging out 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 at 1.76 million per minute. The Captain EO short film was shown at Disney theme parks from 1986 through 1998. The attraction returned to the Disney parks in 2010 as a tribute after Jackson's death, with the final show shown at Epcot on December 6, 2015. Also in 1986, Coppola released the comedy Pegasus Got Married, starring Kathleen Turner. Coppola's nephew, Nicolas Cage, and Jim Carrey. Much like The Outsiders and Rumblefish, Peggy Sue Got Married centered around teenage youth. The film earned Coppola positive feedback and provided Kathleen Turner her first and only Oscar nomination. It was Coppola's first box office success since The Outsiders. Kathleen Turner stated that Francis Ford Coppola was contractually obligated to finish a film on time or lose final cut privilege. Accordingly, the cast and crew were 20 hours a day, six days a week, to deliver the movie to the studio on time. Turner has spoken numerous times about the difficulty of working with co-stars Nicolas Cage. 
Turner also criticized Cage for his decisions to wear false teeth and to adopt a nasal fry for his character. Cage said he based it on Pokey from The Gumby Show. In 2008, in response to Turner's claims that he had driven drunk and stolen a chihuahua, Cage sued her for defamation and won. In exchange, he received a public apology from Turner, admission from a publisher that the claims were false and defamatory, and a pledge that Turner and the publisher would make a substantial donation to charity. The film was nominated for Best Actress in a Leading Role, Best Cinematography, and Best Costume Design in the 1987 Academy Awards. So without further ado, let's move in first into a short review of Captain EO. Listen, the command considers us a bunch of losers, but we're going to do it right this time because we're the best. We don't, we'll be drummed out of the core. We won't let you down this time, sir. We're going to do it right. That's right. We'll be perfect, sir. By the book. (laughs) So Captain EO was released in 1986. I mean, the, the summary of this one is Captain EO and his space crew are on a mission to save the world from the evil queen by giving her a song and dance. Written by Francis Ford Coppola. Sorry, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Also actually written by Francis Ford Coppola. George Lucas, who, as you guys may have known, or know of him, THX 1138, American Graffiti, Star Wars, amongst some others. And uh, a name that I thought was fake, uh, written by Rusty Lemorand. I thought it was like Rusty Lemonade or something at first. When <laughs> he did like a Dr. Dream. Sounds about right. In 88, yeah. Turned the screw in 92. But he hasn't done, he didn't do much after that. I don't know if he passed away or what happened. So, <clears throat> so as this is an attraction, this was released in Disney World. First time for it. September 12th, 1986. The budget actually came out to about $23.7 million total for this. The star is really just... There's a, there's, there's a bunch of randos, but it's Michael Jackson as Captain Neo and Angelica Houston as the Supreme Leader. I do want to start here first because... We actually almost skipped this one, by the way. Just to let you guys know, like... <laughs> there is actually no real copy of how to see this without watching like a bootleg, which we all just watched the bootleg yeah, on YouTube, did. basically. Yeah. So the quality they is did, not that great. They did air um, it on television. In that's kind of a tribute. Yeah. In MTV. Just for but once team. again, that was just on MTV, a one-time thing. and Yeah. Nobody recorded um, it, apparently. <laughs> nobody. There's never been an actual <laughs> recording of this, like, released for people to watch, you know, Disney Plus otherwise. But um, this was just a theme park experience pretty much for the most part so with that being said nabil starting with you have you ever seen captain eo at the theme park any disney parks it was at a few of them obviously yeah I, did, I saw it at disneyland yeah i saw it at disneyland a few times uh first time i think it was the first time i went to disneyland and uh was that 96 i think it was so, oh, so yeah i've actually, seen it a few you times. experienced the full thing because when it came back it did not have all the other yeah effects. it didn't have all the fun stuff but yes when i was a kid i was able to to get the whole 4d experience um and definitely in that environment it was it was a good watch i also you know i'm a big fan of michael jackson so regardless of what he was doing i was excited but the that whole experience in the theater was was kind of fun with the effects and the the 3d and the the wind being blown into your face so yeah yeah (laughs) okay gotcha Gotcha, gotcha. And then I think you you did see it. I think we saw it together. I think we, we saw it together. Yeah, we went over there. We it was did. before the Star Wars was playing over there. Um, yeah, before. I, that's my, my... I actually never... Just jumping to me here. I didn't see it originally because by the time I had gone to Disneyland, they had already replaced it with the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids um, experience. Uh, yeah, which is, yeah. 
They removed a few things, but then when they re-released it back in 2009, they brought back, and they used the effects from um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids 3D, or whatever it was called, by mm-hmm. like this, the water spray, I remember, and they still did the air and all this stuff, and but they didn't have as much. Apparently, the original one was quite cool, so I, I unfortunately, I never got to experience that. They didn't bring it. They didn't rebuild it back for that um, thing. It was more of a tribute thing, so. Yeah. Uh, Marco, what about you? I don't think you've seen it, the actual thing, or correct me if I'm wrong. No, I, I don't remember. I know we went to Disneyland when I was a kid, like when I was like when it first four opened. Or five years yeah, old. No, I got you. I understand. Yeah, yeah back when it was first built, back in the 50s or whatever. The only Fantasyland was there. Yeah, I was, yeah. <laughs> Pinocchio. I think my, br- I think my brother Quick. said that we did experience it but i was probably too too little to remember i don't know i it's also I, one of those things that's usually not the highlight of disney like i can't wait to go yeah. to fucking captain eo bro right uh yeah i could tell uh I, I it looked familiar it sounded familiar I, I know my brother and i have talked about it as kids i think we did experience it a yeah. couple times that we went to disneyland as kids and stuff but i can't i can't really tell you so yeah. this was almost like a first experience for me that's terrible. Yeah, so sorry, I didn't mean. No, to yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I. Not to mention, full disclosure here. Uh, I I just recovered from from COVID. I watched this while I was on, like while I had COVID. Probably it's not the a good time idea. To watch it when you're when you're I just tripping out. I saw Marco outside on top of his roof dancing and doing those fucking <laughs> yeah. spins, dude. Profusely sweating from my fever. Wearing just um, all white too. I was like, yeah, he looks good. So. Jacket, like, does he though. think it's Thriller? He looks like one of the fucking zombies. What the fuck? So, yeah, it's it was like a first time experience for me. Gotcha. I, so I, I, I know it, you saw this. You you did not like this. Obviously, it, it's not really. I'm not shocked to tell you the truth. Like I said, this yeah, is not really even. A I movie. think my exact my exact quote was, uh, I, "I could have gone my whole life without seeing that." But uh, <laughs> I mean, most people have. But hey, now I now I can now say I've seen it. We, we I've, are I've to seen be completionist it. Completionist here with the whole. Um, yeah. Coppola stuff. I wish I so, could I mean, unsee it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so I understand you didn't like it. Was it just just because of overall just the quality of it? The I mean, once again, it is only like fifteen minutes long. Partially the quality of it. Um and yeah, it's I mean I th- I think like you said James as as completionists and as as doing the full library of of Coppola it makes sense but um aside from that yeah there was god it was fucking horrible Uh Nabil, what about you I know you've seen it so was there any kind of nostalgia involved in it what exactly uh, the video like watching it again yes it it doesn't have the same fun from watching it at Disneyland in the theater yeah. with 3D glasses and the 4D effects or whatever. Like, that does yeah. take away a lot it from it. You. Yeah, really. <laughs> the the yeah, air and the line. water, like, all that's gone. You know, as far I as the, you said something the, else. The, <laughs> the production <laughs> quality was, was pretty good. The, you know, the puppets were fun. Um, all good. I mean, the amount of money they spent on the talent they get here, they got to make some of it work. I mean, honestly, Michael Jackson was okay but with his high-pitched voice he the character he was playing didn't really fit well with him trying to be like a leader but the yeah, premise he's is terrible he's terrible yeah there, there, there was there was a, there really was a lot of that that didn't fit this nibble yeah you're for the singing yeah 
The, I mean, the 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 and the premise, you know, it's it's for kids, but you know, it's he's doing no, it for definitely. for song and dance to to, to help Angelica well, Houston's character. Probably not the right actor for it either. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, but you know, from from a kid perspective, even just watching it again, I did remember like why I enjoyed it. It was the music, you know. I liked the dance scene, the longest goodbye ever, where he's dancing off in the back, like all that is. Uh, him, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that was fun. Um, but as far as like, if I was gonna say it's a great thing that I've, you know, something that I needed to see again, no. Nah, I mean, my memories were fine with <laughs> reliving yeah. it and keeping it there. Mm. Yeah. No, I. Um... I just like the the song and dance really. Yeah, it, it, it's basically just a glorified music video if you think about it. So I mean, really, yeah, agreed. That's all it is, and um, a lot of Star Warsy kind of things though in it, which is kind of cool. Uh, you can definitely tell George Lucas had quite a hand in it, you know. Yeah, he was he was all like, "Well, to see the the thing about it is, you need He's more." He's working hard to duck. Michael's a Michael's a Jedi, Francis. If what? It's the. The force that allows you to do the moves and the dance. You kind of make it no, work. Money, baby. No natural man Money. do moves like this. He was probably already writing the script for uh, Phantom Menace probably around this time. Or he's like, he's, it's called pot racing. No human can do it. Only Anakin and Michael. So, yeah. Yeah, no, this is a short. Like I said, we're not even rating this because it's, it's a 15 minute like fucking theme park ride. This is like rating Star Tours, right? Like, what did you think of Star Tours, right? Star um, Tours. That's all, really. I just we we just wanted to touch bases that between things, Francis Ford Coppola was you know obviously doing other things too. I almost feel like he maybe did this and only got the job because George Lucas was like the producer on this. I have a feeling. Well, George uh, Lucas was actually going to take a much more, and he was a producer here, but but he was supposed to be writing and actually directing. Um, okay. But he was working on Howard the Duck, and that film was going, I think, over budget or something. So he had uh, Francis Ford Coppola, who who was also helping Power with the writing, kind of take in for the directing part of it. And so he ended up stepping quite a bit away. That's why, like, a lot of it has George Lucas elements, but then doesn't have all the execution that maybe he would have had on it from the detail perspective. Yeah, the the, the shot of them, like, coming down the ship especially and, like, going down yeah. the little trench into it was... Reminded me so much of Star Wars. I was like, oh yeah. my god, this is so Star Wars right now. He he just couldn't he couldn't stay because of how long they've been um, going on with it. It's the Star director. Wars, sir. The Star Wars. The sorry, Star Wars. Sorry, guys. The Star Wars. Right I would not mind them like redoing this though, just so I can actually fucking see what's going on. So <laughs> just say like, <laughs> show me what's going on with this goddamn person. Uh, It'd be cool if they re-released it until the end. By the way. Yeah, I forgot too, and then I said, oh, that's. That looks familiar. He's from the the witches, right? I believe. Yeah, she did the witches. Yeah, she scared the shit out of me as a kid. So, uh, that's really it, guys. Wow. I did, that's like I said, we were just touching bases on this one. Our main re- real big review is uh, coming up next. So, without further ado, let's get into our review of the Francis Ford Coppola 1986 film Peggy Sue Got Married. <laughs> Peggy Sue was once crazy about the guy she married. I have certain unresolved feelings about your father. I don't trust him. But tonight, at her 25-year high school reunion... Well, Charlie won't be here tonight. We're getting divorced, actually. She'll disappear in time. And arrive in her senior year of high school. What am I doing here? You passed out for a minute, that's all. 
What is going on? You're home now. Peggy Sue got married from 1986. It sits at an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. And the premise of this movie goes, Peggy Sue faints at a high school reunion. When she wakes up, she finds herself in her own past just before she finished school. This is uh, directed by the great Francis Ford Coppola. As you know, we are the Francis Ford Coppola podcast. Written by Jerry uh, Lightling, who also did uh, Blue Sky in 1994, as well as Arlene Sarner, who did Blue Sky in 94 as well, and Julie Walking Home in 2002. Movie was released on October 10th, 1986. A budget of $18 million. Its box office was at a $41.5 million, making it a successful movie. You did it, Francis. You did it. Yeah, as we <laughs> as we mentioned in our profit in so goddamn yeah. long, dude. Like my God. It's he, finally, he finally did it. It took him a few years, but he did it. The uh the cast for this movie is uh Kathleen Turner as the titular character, Peggy Sue, Nicholas Cage as Charlie Bodell, Barry Miller as Richard Novik, Norvik, Catherine Hicks as Carol Heath, Joan Allen as Maddie Nagel. Kevin J. O'Connell as Michael Fitzsimmons. Jim Carrey as Walter Goetz. Lisa Jane Persky as Dolores Dodge. Lucinda Genie as Rosalie Testa. Will Schreiner as Arthur Nagel. Barbara Harris as Evelyn Kelcher. And Don Murray as Jack Kelcher. It also stars a young Sofia Coppola as Nancy Kelcher. Sofia Coppola, of course, being the daughter of Francis Ford Coppola. So... Let's start with our MC here, BD Jimmy right here. Have you uh, have you seen this movie before, James? No, actually I have not. I, I, I didn't even hear about this. Apparently this is more popular though because I had talked to a few people outside of the pod and they were well aware of what this movie was about. And I was like, oh my God, did I miss this? So, Really? Um, I mean, obviously it made money. So yeah, I've never, I never even heard of it. So this is my first time ever even seeing it. So okay, makes sense. Well, that's that's a little surprising. I know that, that quite a few people have heard of it. So, but that's yeah. good. I was surprised yeah. too. But I mean, obviously from the box office, people did go and see it. So yeah, yeah. Numbers I just, tell I, just you. Just as everything. a side note, I was not even born when this movie came out yet. So. Marco was already no on, comment. What fucking three years outside of high school? I think already right. Working on the yeah. Road. Their their high school reunion was actually similar to mine. So I'm like, oh shit. You're like, this. I remember 1960. Sorry, boys. <laughs> yeah, I'm like mm, that seems about right. Uh, what about you, Nabil? Had you seen this movie before prior to the podcast? Uh, no, I hadn't seen the film before. I've heard of it though, um, and my my wife has. Uh, it's actually one of her uh, childhood favorite films. She used to watch it all the time as a kid. Um, so it was kind of good to to watch with her and see if she felt like it still held up a bit. Um, but no, I'd never actually seen the movie. Only only heard it by name. Well, that leaves me then. Um, I have heard of the movie. I remember going to the the video store because we're we're old enough here all of us including all of us here i'm being inclusive we're all old enough to remember the days of blockbuster and hollywood video where you actually had to go somewhere 
physically to rent movies. And I would remember seeing this movie like the the cover just pops out. The poster just pops out, which is weird because it's just like a image of Peggy Sue and it's like blue around her and stuff and then three other characters. But I always confused it with another movie. I can't remember which one it was, but that's why I remember this one specifically. But never saw it prior to this podcast. I uh, ended up watching this one with my brother, so I did make him come back. I said, hey, come on, man. Give me another come chance. Back to Marco. Come yeah. back, Marco. Come here, baby. Let's watch this one. <laughs> Had the special popcorn pulled out sitting on my lap. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> James knows it was one. <laughs> sounds a bit incestuous. I don't, I don't know. It seems all wrong. So many. So, Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> My uh, my first one. I I don't know if I know many people that have heard of it, but um, I myself have personally heard of it before watching it, and that's about it. So, huh. well, what what did what did you think about it, uh, Nabil? Let's let's get into that. What, what what were your thoughts on the movie? Uh, you know, it was enjoyable. It was up. It was a not uplifting, but it was a. It's a much more lighter tone in the film, even with some of the. Uh, more interesting topics it's it's a very interesting mm-hmm. story i think i was telling james it's kind of like a felt like a robert uh is it robert zemeckis film i think i said it was um yeah you you're, you mentioned that kind of kind like, of yeah back to the back to the future vibe sort of right kind of had that vibe a little bit but you know but more in the sense of like high school esque rather than sci-fi like they're focusing on the high school part of life um but it it felt kind of weak at the end. I got really confused on what was happening and why it wrapped up the way it did. And I was like, um, oh, okay, we're just <laughs> we're just done. The bill sent me a picture of his notes. Very erratic. Yeah, very <laughs> erratic. Like he why Roger things Rabbit happened? Question mark. How she got back there? Did they really know? Uh, like. Did, did she look the same? Did she look younger? Like what was? There yeah, was a few he said I just she still confused. looks fifty in the fifties. What's going on? <laughs> I mean, so fucked up. She's only no. like you know she was only like thirty. She's like twenty. Yeah, she was still pretty young there. She was like younger than me. But if yeah. you told me she was forty-seven, I would be like, yeah, she's forty-seven. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I mean, I did, I did enjoy it for the most part. It was an enjoyable watch, and I can see why people have nostalgia for this film from um, way back when. Although I do, like I said, I, I don't know if it holds up as as a a classic kind of uh, '80s film, but it does have some elements that definitely could be one of those things. But again, I felt like the ending was a little weak. Fair enough. It's a fair assessment. Uh, what about you, James? What uh, What did you think about the movie? Exactly what Nabil says, pretty much. Um, strong start, actually. I was really like into the beginning of it all, and it's like, man, I wonder where this is gonna go. But I, I was a bit confused too by the end of it. Like, I don't really understand. By the way, we go, we can go to full spoilers. It doesn't matter because this movie's fucking. 30 oh yeah, years the, old. So um, for all the I, I don't really, stuff, we're gonna be spoiling it. So. Yeah, and I I think it's like the way that it ends for me in particular just didn't work too well. Cause I felt like it was just like a complete flip of everything. And I had a lot of questions like, is she trying to like change the past, but she realizes she can't, or does she realize that she really does love her husband? And then 
I don't know. And then Nicolas Cage was like super fucking annoying in every scene. Oh, I hated Nick Cage. I understand why she was so upset with him during that film. I see why they was... did not. Yeah, I see why they did yeah. not get along. She was probably trying to be super serious, and she, yeah, she's she's acting across this, and she's like, "You gotta be fucking kidding me," you know? Yeah, the voice was so annoying. I didn't like any of that. I'm kind of with you guys on that part. I, uh, I, I, I really liked it actually. I quite enjoyed it i i opposite i feel like right in the middle and towards the end of it the movie got more interesting because it was kind of Son more of a like bitch. a, a self-reflection really of of your life like there's your it's kind of more um i agree with you nabil it's kind of like back to the future only where instead of changing your past you realize that you, there, you, there's no changing and it makes you who you are and all those experiences and and taking all that away like she comes to realize, well, if, if I don't marry him, I don't become the person I am. I don't have my kids. I'm not where I'm at in my life where I know who, where I, she may not know exactly who she wants to be, but she's at a place where she can still be better than where she was. And she has to go through those experiences. It's kind of like a self-reflection of saying, well, if I didn't go through the gauntlet or through all the shit that I went through, I wouldn't be the person I am today. And so, yeah, at first she wanted to change things and everything and and wanted to alter her past and and coming to realize, wait a minute, these are all bittersweet memories. Like, yeah, some of them sucked, but still they're my memories. You know, why would I want to change that? Um, It was almost kind of to me like a mix of Back to the Future and like a um, like like a a breakfast club or or 16 Candles. 16 Candles or something. Yeah, I feel that too. It's like a it's, felt, it's like a blend yeah, of both of those that. a little bit, you know. I think that's who you're actually referencing, Nabil. You were I think so too. Um, John Hughes. John Hughes. There it's we like go. It's like a John Hughes film, a little bit. Yes, right? a little bit. So it so it, it it worked for me. I liked the ending where it, it even left it open to, well, did she was she really in the past or was she really dreaming? Because then she reads that. I think she sees the she, the book though, Mayor. Right, that book is like she 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 mentions how I didn't even know this guy, and like in her timeline, quote unquote, she didn't really know the guy. It's only when she goes back in time when she actually gets to know him, and then she reads the shout out in the book. So I love that it left that ambiguity, and I love that it left her. It, it leaves you kind of just again just taking a reflection on your life and thinking about all the decisions that led you up to this moment, and I I like that. It 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 kind of leaves it open to where wherever she wants to go from now, and it, 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 in a weird way, it's kind of like what Doc Brown says at the end of Back to the Future Three: "The future's unwritten; it's what you make it." You know, so your past may be your past, but the future is you know what you make of it. So I kind of like that. Damn you, deep it, thinking it, motherfucker! Look at you. <laughs> I know, dude. Maybe it's because I, dude, the last two weeks I was going through some shit, so I was like, oh man, I feel this. So maybe the movie He's hit like, me Peggy even harder. Sue, I get you. <laughs> and yes, uh, <laughs> I do agree. Nick Cage, fucking, fucking a, his fucking voice, dude. I could not believe it. That's like, so I, I, he was fucking annoying. Like, at Truth first, like, if he is based on the Gumby guy, he kind of fucking nailed it, though. Yeah, I have yeah, to say. but why? I don't think it worked for the film. Though, really what he was doing, then I got to be like, okay, well, he fucking got him. It's annoying as shit. I didn't realize so, he was wearing fake teeth, though. Yeah, I didn't realize either. Either, um, yeah, fucking god 
goddamn idiot. Jim anyway. Carrey was great though. I love. I didn't even know he was going to be in the mirror. I, had I was no like, idea he was going to be in this great. when I saw him. I was like, is that Jim Carrey, dude? <laughs> he was a lovely surprise. Yeah, he's not he in very many did... scenes though, but he's very Jim Carrey esque, if that makes sense. Right. Exactly. And this is so, years before he really breaks out into movies. So. Yeah. So I know we we couldn't stand you know Nick Cage you know, at all and um. What about Kathleen Turner, uh, James, as as Peggy Sue? What did you What did you think about her and her acting as as that character? I thought she was cool. She 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 definitely um, she definitely carries the film, I guess, as you know, because you you're you're going through it. I thought it was kind of funny they didn't even try to like. I I don't know. Are they trying to de-age her when she goes back? No, I think that's why everybody's kind of relatively young because everybody looks essentially the same, a little bit of a different hairstyle. But, yeah, yeah, they de no gray hairs basically or, or facial. Yeah, yeah everyone guys. but her. Yeah. yeah. She just won for that's why I thought that was weird too. It's like, why is everybody else younger? Um, but not her. She just looks the same. I was like, she's definitely not eighteen. Like, I mean fuck, we right. probably thought she was thirty two, so I mean, you know. Yeah, I thought she was maybe in her twenties though. But no, she apparently was not. Uh, she was older than Nick Cage. Like Nick Cage was twenty eight when he did this or something. Yeah. She was thirty two, thirty four, something like that. But uh, I thought she did good. I don't know if it was Academy Award fucking nominated good, but apparently so, right? But um, so rough year in '86. The standards in '86 were much lower, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I thought she was lovely though. I and I'm not, as you guys know, I'm not a big, um, <laughs> I'm not a yeah. really big Kathleen Turner fan. But mm, um, really, she's not good. In, she's not bad in this, and she, you know, Romance in the Stone is probably her other super well known movies. Those two, right? With uh, Kirk Douglas, right? Yeah, or Michael Douglas. Sorry, <laughs> Michael Douglas. And, um, I think. Um, I just always just, think of. Uh, she she works for Family this Guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! <laughs> but she's uh, for for what it's worth. I know, like just looking at acting wise, it was good. Plot wise, I mean, going into that, like I I I like the movie up until the end, like Nabil said. Like I I don't I don't think it sticks that landing too well for me personally. But uh, makes sense. She works for me, so yeah. Okay. Well, we talked a little bit about the acting and the plot. What about the cinematography, Nabil? Well, what did you think of uh, Francis's work with his camera? I don't know if it was because I'm just so used to watching his like remastered works, but I just I wasn't a fan of some of the shots. Well, here in this general. was nominated for best cinematography too, though. Bro. Yeah. So I don't I don't know what the Academy was doing that year. I'm sure I'm missing something, but I thought I, there were some I didn't good look- shots. I wasn't a I wasn't a fan. I just felt like everything was the Dude, film that, was a that bit. That first zoom in yeah. is really nice, where like she's sitting with her daughter, and they do a shot where it's zoomed in, and then you it peels back, and it's actually like showing you that it, it was a mirror shot, and they're actually being no. Mirrored. Nabil said, "Fuck this." Really no, no, I thought that was, that was really like well done. I was like, "That is so I, Coppola esque." You didn't, Nabil. You didn't like the where she goes to visit her grandparents, and you see the sunset in the background like that. That, that was nice shot too, yeah. was set up that so was, well, man. That was nice. a nice yeah. shot. Yeah, that, that whole, was a that nice whole shot. scene is nice. Actually, it's it's actually yeah. very sad. It is. I'll give I it thought, that. I, I was gonna say the that. same thing. Which they when they arrive to the um um to the house too, especially it's really nice and the music is really nice too. Yeah, like, yeah I, I, I do on, agree on Coppola or anything like that. You know, it's just yeah, it was it's not it's the nothing best compared to his, his masterpieces. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I can see it, Nabil. I won't I won't dig the dagger too deep. 
But I thought the music was great. I enjoyed the music that they were playing over there. Too. It was fun. I liked yeah. it a lot. The singing, yeah. the guys singing too, the quartet that they had. Like, I thought the music was fun. So, especially for yeah, the time. Yeah, you sent me a selfie with the, the Pomodoro, I know. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, remember hair? Question mark. <laughs> Oh. He was shirtless I, too, of course. Had to be. It kind of reminded me of uh, uh, what's that film? Uh, it was an American Graffiti. You know, like it, obviously it wasn't as many of the poppy songs, but it's just like it was just all. There was a lot of just quite, music no, there. Don't no. Don't no, it's not the same kind of thing. But I mean, like in the sense of like they were going for that vibe almost. Like this is the time. Here's all the to music point, kind of thing. To a point. Yeah. You know? It's not as it, American Graffiti is mo- like a lot of music. This is yeah, it's not as overt. I, I even yeah. thought I don't know if that's it's probably not Nick Cage really singing, but I liked his singing parts by the way. Yeah, I thought the singing parts were nice. Yeah, like, the quartet scene was good. Yeah, um, the when lot, actually when they go the to the little cool. uh, the the dive bar and you sing with the R and B group. Yeah, that that, I like that scene a lot. Yeah, but I think you're. I think your your reference to Back to the Future kind of fits more in this, whereas Back to the Future didn't have as much 50s music when he's in the past. Like, this one kind of does do that. Like, not a lot of it, but yeah, it, enough of it to give you the feel that, yeah, she's back in the past and reliving this timeline. So, But yeah, the uh, the, the the cinematography, though, I uh, one last thing is I, I felt like going back to the John Hughes reference, it's kind of like those movies, but with a little bit more flair because yeah, of totally Francis Ford Coppola's eye. 16 in can- candles, man. 16 yeah. candles. 16 candles. What am I saying? 16 in candles. <laughs> Jesus 16 Christ. candles. Yeah. So, um, we talked a little bit about what worked and what didn't. Was there anything else that didn't work for, for you, James, in particular? Besides, It's the really Nick Cage. Cage. Like, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. Please stop talking that way. And then I, I for yeah. me personally, the ending where she China just takes Charlie back, I, I thought it was such a flip of it all, but I guess she's at such a wit's end at the very end where she realizes after she gets to lock it, you know, because the, the baby pictures of her and Charlie remind her of what her kids will look like too. And mm-hmm. she, I wish they had elaborated that a little bit more is what I'm saying. And Nick Cage, once again, True. is so fucking weird. Was he trying to kill her when he fucking came over that one night? That seemed yeah. intense, right? Yeah. <laughs> about he was with the smother. I was like, is he about to smother I actually thought that her? was actually kind of funny, by the way. I, I laughed. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no, yeah. Me and my brother laughed, too, because we were like, is, is he trying to fucking kill her like a goddamn psycho? Are you fucking serious? <laughs> and then he stops when she wakes up like, oh, hey, let's go to the basement. And I was like, oh, this is getting fucking weird. This is getting worse. Yeah. Well, uh, What about for Unibel? Anything besides Nick Cage? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I honestly, that's the same kind of issue. My issue, though, at the end, what James is saying is I feel like it, it they could have gone better with, with the ending of not taking him back because it just shows that she had her experience and his life, her life with him and who he was, and she could feel comfortable with, you know, making a decision to move on, not to have to go back kind of thing. I thought that was just weird to make that decision. So, I See, I, I don't think she necessarily took him back. I think it was just kind of like they were just gonna see how things went you know like give like i don't know like not necessarily rekindling but kind of see where where things go and again I mean, it's sort of the like i tried to kill her open. so you know that would have reminded you oh yeah there's a reason was, why you I don't want to see a comedic this moment by the way i don't really think that was you think he he just riffed that whole thing yeah yeah it was just nick Cage yeah weird dude he's weird the whole fucking movie dude his whole fucking voice his whole persona is weird yeah like his character and at least in some in some instances, he tried to, I guess, realize that he was 
he had problems he had to work on and he needed to change. Like he even calls himself out in one scene. So he's kind of like a, he's a flawed character with potential as weird and as odd and as annoying as his voice was. That's what I think. I, I, I see what you mean. Like he has dreams too. And it's like, you see his future self and you, you know, you're coming off of him feeling like, Oh, this guy's a fucking asshole. You know, he's, they're getting divorced for a reason. And then you do see that he's like, actually trying it's just i wish he didn't have the voice i would have taken it a bit Same. more serious that's all yeah yeah i agree there yeah so how does this one compare to some of the other couple of films we've seen so far guys uh the bill how, do, how does this one compare for you I mean, it's it's got a lot of the same feeling. Like it reminds me a little bit of like kind of like the Outsiders and Rumblefish, you know, just based off of the uh, different different time period. But kind of young kid in this case, it's Peggy Sue living her high school years again. So it it works in his theme of films that he's doing. I could see him directing this. It's a bit more lighthearted than mm-hmm. the other films, um, but. I think it's, uh, I I mean, I I feel like it's probably just a different direction for him. And hey, you know, maybe it finally gave him, (laughs) gave him a little bit more clout again, you know, good graces with the studios to actually make some money. So, you know, yeah, it probably helped that he was actually, first of all, he finished it on time and then it made him some money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What about for you, James? How did this one compare to some of the other couple of films we've seen so far? Um, I mean, it's, it's quite different, I think, in my opinion, because of the, um, the time traveling kind of part of it so it's a little magical you know kind of like finian's rainbow which is kind of weird but um uh i agree there bill it's kind of like uh he's he seems like in this time period he's definitely worked with um younger people you know what i mean if that makes sense teenagers yeah. and such and i mean they're not really teenagers actually just younger actors I guess. With the idea of it yeah yeah just the idea of it i guess but um that's how i would say but um there's that couple of touch to it i think though Truth be told, like I said, I do think there is some really good shots in here, too. Yeah, I I would say that uh, he, again, fine-tuned his previous work and molded it into a comedic teen, I guess, sort of teen movie. Yeah, I I still kind of feel it in the heart of a a John Hughes film and and it's sort of his take on it. And I think it worked and I think he did a pretty good job at it. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Obviously not as artsy as some of his other films, uh, Cotton Club or Rumblefish, no, but um, definitely it's a, definitely a little more straight shooter. Uh, but you can still see some of his flair in there. Like he throws in some of his style in there and his in his camera angles and the way that he directs people in the dialogue too, and in, in the way that he that the lines were were written and directed. You can you can see his his touch to it. And it's sort of like I don't know. To me, it's like it's a bump up from a John Hughes movie a little bit where not too much, but in a way where it's like can be taken just slightly more serious. You know, John Hughes films are more like upbeat. This one kind of like brings it down a little bit more. So, um, yeah, yeah. let's any other any other thoughts, any other scenes that stick out to you guys before we give this thing a final rating? The bill, James. Uh no I'm I'm okay I'm good. I'm okay with rating it now okay yeah uh well let's uh put you in the hot seat what do you rate this one buddy I would give this one a three out of five for me fair 
fair. Okay. What about you, Mr. DeBille? The same. I think three stars is a, a fair rating for this film. I think I'm going to give this one a slight bump. I'm going to give this one three and a half stars, guys. This one works for me. I would definitely rewatch this one again. I'm not going to lie. I, I think that uh, this is one I'll think about for, for a while. And um, <laughs> one other thing I will mention is uh, her friend that's married to the Jim Carrey character. can't remember her name, but she is, fun fact, the mom from <laughs> from Child's Play. And how oh, she is, yeah. She I just is, kept yeah. thinking about the video. I said James in Spanish and I was fucking dying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, anyway. Alternate alternate scene there. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much for that though. So that's the end for our Copla Corner this week. So stay tuned now. We are gonna be moving on into our Black Panther Wakanda Forever review. the most broken people can be great leaders. His people do not call him general or king. They called him Kukul Khan. All right. So before we get into a full deep dive review of Black Panther Wakanda Forever, um, well, side note, Marco, because he had COVID, wasn't able to actually watch this film. So as a great twist for y'all, because we like to keep you guys on your toes, we brought in our uh, special guest who's been quite a regular in the last few pods, our friend Mikey. Oh, thanks for having me. We love having you on the pod, Mikey. Always a Hashtag pleasure. Hashtag fourth member. <laughs> Agreed. So he's going to be doing this review with us. And with that said, let's just talk a little bit more about Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Just as a note, too, we're going to just go straight in and spoiler with all the, with everything here. Um, it's kind of hard to talk about some aspects of just the plot until you actually spoil some of it. So we're just going to go into it at this point, by the time you listen to this podcast, we're hoping you've already watched this film. If not, be warned now. It is going to be uh, full of spoilers, so you can skip through to the end if you haven't seen the film, and then come back and listen to us once you finally have. So the film is at an 84% Rotten Tomato score. The premise, the people of Wakanda fight to protect their home from intervening world powers as they mourn the death of King T'Challa. The film was once again directed by Ryan Coogler, who did Fruitville Station, Creed, and of course the original Black Panther film. Um, it's also written by Ryan Coogler and Joe Robert Cole. This was released in theaters on November 11th, starring Letitia Wright as Shuri, and also the Black Panther, uh, Lupita Nyong'o as Nakia, Danae Guerrera as Okoye, Winston Duke as M'Baku, Dominique Thorne as Riri Williams, Tina Huerta as Namor, Martin Freeman as Everett K. Ross, Julia Louis-Dreyfus as Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, and Angela Bassett as Queen Ramonda. So, Mikey, since you're our guest, jumping on over here, what were your thoughts about the film? I, I didn't like it that much. It w- wasn't terrible. Like, <laughs> straight, not like it's... straight into it, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't hate it. 
But I, I know they had a bunch of complications making the movie, right? So I understand where this is all going and everything. But that being said, I just I didn't think it was top notch for sure. It's it's uh, it could have been much better, uh, or at least maybe my expectations were that it would be much better. So I didn't like it, it too kinda, much. Kind of kind of summarizes this whole entire phase, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i mean uh yeah just to kind of i guess preface my point of view uh in phase four i i didn't think any movie in phase four was like fantastic um i, I thought all of them were pretty much mediocre and this is kind of following suit although i do think this one was worse than most of the other ones so i uh, guess it's a uh, yikes kind of really? thing but uh <laughs> yeah i didn't think it was the the best movie here so Okay, no, fair. We're, we're definitely going to touch on that in a second. But let's, uh, let me ask you, James, what were your thoughts on the film? Um, yeah, this is the last Phase 4 film, actually, too, right? I believe, or is it, it Holiday is. Special that? I don't fucking know anymore. No, I believe this is the last Phase 4 film. At least Holiday yeah. Special is not considered a film. Okay, yeah. so this ends Phase 4, technically, and I, I've talked about it. It's just I'm, I'm kind of with Mikey on this. I don't. I didn't think it was as bad as Mikey's saying it is. I I don't think it was particularly that good though. I don't think it was terrible. I don't think it was great. I think it's pretty middle of the road, which is kind of a lot of Phase Four. If that makes sense, I think Phase Four is easily the worst phase out of all of the Marvel um, yeah. phases thus far. So, mm-hmm. and the fact that it kind of abruptly ended is like I don't even like every phase I can kind of tell you like the main plot like hey this is how I progress this one I'm like I have no idea still I have no idea maybe Kang showed up in a TV show I guess <laughs> well the thing is <laughs> I mean, too like yeah. for a capping like this is a, supposed to cap off the whole phase right so and it actually brought more questions than it did actually capping off this phase which I'm okay with that but I mean I don't think it particularly I don't think it did anything right I, I for me truthfully um I think overall the plot really goes in a lot of weird directions in this one. I think it's uh it ha- it has some sequel itis in my opinion where there's a little bit too many characters now. It is missing out on a very it's missing out on a strong lead. The uh, Chadwick Boseman, you know, rest in peace is you know sorely missed in this franchise. And I think I mean we'll talk about it later. I think this is a role that sh- probably should have been recast, but. Um, off the bat, it was it's a movie that is also much too long, but I, there are some positives. I I did really like Namor Tenochtitlan. It was was great as that character. I actually just kind of wanted a some Mariner movie after watching that. To tell you the truth, <laughs> I'd really, probably would have just watched, liked that. But uh, we'll jump into it. But for the most part, I was I was pretty disappointed. Yeah, I I feel you guys on your thoughts. Um and feel of the film i i'm probably even even lesser than you guys I, I feel like the film was a little bit better than your your feeling on it but i do agree that it wasn't um it, it wasn't as strong as it could have been um especially like out the gate when it started i felt like okay we're gonna have a nice touching part of remembering chadwick boseman i really felt that and kind of dealing with law uh, with the loss of a, a titular character and um, the entire family and everything like that whole premise i was really like okay i, I see where this is gonna go and then when we started getting into more and more of it like i was being lenient with namor coming in and like what what the whole plot dynamic between the two you know wakanda and uh namor's homeland is but then suddenly when we get to the end it's like everything just 
kind of fizzles and i think part of it is what james is saying like it's just there isn't a strong enough lead to carry everything although i will say though we'll talk about more about the characters uh angela bassett was a badass in this film she was like the character here and i was kind of upset of her dying at the end because i was like she should have so so random it's like like, we already have so much loss in this film and like they added another body to it it's like really god damn yeah. Well, I, I feel like, uh, and we'll probably talk about it a little bit more here, but that kind of needed to happen since of who they chose to be Black Panther. I mean, like, Shuri kind of needed that to kind of push her into the where she was going in the mindset kind of thing. So yeah, I see bear. where they were going with that, but it just, yeah, she was really powerful. Like, I feel like her presence was there and it kind of was needed. Um, so it was kind of a weird choice to kind of, you know, do that in the middle of the film. They're like, let's kill the strongest character. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, let's. Became the Black Panther. <laughs> I mean, I would have been down for that. I'd have been okay I would have been okay with that. Like, all right, fuck. Yeah. Kind of older. First of all, before we go even to any of the more other specific plot details, let's just talk about Queen Ramonda, um, Angela Bassett, and what she was doing with this film. Um, she basically took over as queen um, because they they didn't know what else to do you know the king is dead and there was nobody really to battle <laughs> like they usually do so because she didn't have any more heirs except for uh shuri who was just not much of a fighter um as as is apparent <laughs> in this film but uh queen Ramonda stepped up and did what she had to do and angela bassett like i think she delivered some of the more powerful the most powerful performances in this film too just like from an emotional standpoint when she there was a the scene where um oh god uh, okoye i think it is she's she fails at you know saving uh, shuri from namor basically and kind of strips her down like bare bones and just tells her every reason why she doesn't deserve to be where she's at anymore and at first i was thinking she was being harsh and i was like no she's right she's absolutely right like as a queen like you should be shitting on her and saying you've given all these reasons and were assured one thing you failed and i felt like I could feel the pain in her words. I was like, this lady right here, that's an Oscar scene. <laughs> I could see the Christ. What did you guys think about uh, Angela Bassett's character, Queen Ramonda? And then kind of we could talk a little bit more about how everything kind of played out after, you know, leading up to her death. Uh, Mike, uh, sorry, James, what were your thoughts on her? No, it's what, what we just talked about. She's a super strong character. I, li- I like the scene where she's at like the, like, I think it's the United Nations or something like that. And she, yeah. Shows up the French minister for like trying to attack a Wakanda outpost and bringing the actual soldiers in. And her presence is her screen presence is great in this movie, man. So, uh, up until the moment, and then I guess, I mean, goddamn, there's too many characters, man. And then uh, I'm, I'm not trying to like dive into it <laughs> to get to it, but it's like, then like Riri Williams is fucking randomly here, like, yeah, Riri Williams, who's who's supposed to be, uh, who's Iron playing uh, Ironheart. I don't, I haven't read any shit with her in it so but yeah she seemed like they kind of forced her motivation i think is what that was i yeah. maybe that was more the reason for she queen Ramonda's death in a way like yeah. she had to save her so riri williams has to maybe she'll have that chip on her shoulder because they're coming out with a disney plus show so they wanted to already introduce her and it's all <laughs> disney marketing so I, I i don't know actually so Okay. Um, Mikey, let me ask you as well. What were your, uh, what's, what's your thoughts on just Riri Williams and bringing her in, um, into this film specifically and, you know, making her part of the Marvel universe now? 
Uh, I mean, that's part of the reason I didn't like the movie. It's because uh, you guys are kind of touching on it a little bit. It's like they had too many characters. I almost feel like they just introduced this character because they knew they were going to have a show on it. But, like, the character's not even used very well. Like, uh, Riri is, like, basically what, like, an Iron Man kind of thing, right? So she's really yeah. smart. She builds her own, like, you know, mech suit out of, like, garbage she's finding. And, uh, you know, kind of like a revival of Iron Man. But that's basically all you know about her. You don't get any kind of, like, personality yeah, from her, yeah. I feel like. Uh, and Which, it's I mean, really just, like... For the show, but also, if you're going to introduce him in the movie, like, make me care about this character, right? Yeah, give give her some character development, at least a little bit, so you can kind of like, okay, I want to watch this show. None of that's here. It's it's almost like she's just a plot point in the storyline instead of a character in the storyline. Uh, and I just didn't like what they did with her. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like that's, I could say that with a lot of the characters, actually. There's like no progression other than, you know, the queen, which we've already kind of yeah. talked about. I feel like you feel it with her. You feel the progression. Uh, you get a little bit with Okoye. Uh, you know, because like you see, she you know, gets stripped of her title and stuff. But um, beyond those two characters, you really don't have too much character progression anymore in this whole film. Uh, Shuri gets a little bit of it, but even Shuri, as the main character of the movie now, I mean, she doesn't. I mean, she doesn't even have a lot of screen time for the most part. I mean, there's a big chunk of uh, of Namor. There's a you know, the Queen has the first half of the film pretty much on lock. Uh, and the second half of the film is just a bunch of, you know, battles and a little bit of Shuri. So I just feel like everybody's a side character. Like even Shuri, the main character of the movie, is a side character. Um, and it's probably because, I mean, what happened before the movie started. But um, it just kind of feels that way to me. Like there's not really a main character in this movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I would I would agree with that sentiment, you know, that there isn't really a lead. I mean... Even even like characters like Mbaku, who you know Winston Duke did great. He was he was good when he was in Black Panther and does amazing in this film. Every time you see him on screen, it kind of changes the tone of like whatever is going on in a good way. Like just like Angela Bassett brought that screen presence, like James said, Mbaku when um, they show him, there was always something where there was the wisdom. But the levity, um, you know, at the same time, and like you want, you enjoyed the scene that was in there. Whereas if you were stuck on a scene with Shuri, you didn't really know how you were supposed to feel. Sometimes, like, am I supposed to feel her anger too? Is that justified for me to feel this? Or you know, am I supposed to feel her sadness because she's going through this? Like, she she went to, and we'll touch on Namor too, but she went to his home, Namor's homeland, and was shown all this, like. But he also like killed your mother, so like, are we on their side? Like, there's a lot of stuff that well, you're before. supposed to. He shows her that was before, but like even afterwards, like after he di- she dies, it's pretty devastating shit. Yeah, but I mean, he's kind of like yeah, an and she's still kind right, of sides. For the most part, Namor. Yes. I mean, the, the Submariner. Call, I don't um, think they even call him the Submariner in here, right? No, I don't believe so. His title, but um, I agree with you. And also, I gotta say, I know we're gonna branch off. It's more casual, but. The city looked like shit too. So <laughs> I know it's supposed I to be Atlantis, but they can't do that because it's got some lock on it. But goddamn, make it look fucking. That's fucking dark as fuck in there, man. I do <laughs> like the the music and like the sense of discovery. But then after they were looking around, I was like, kind of sucks living down here, doesn't it? Fuck. I mean, I guess you're underwater, so that's just how it looks. But someone's like, you didn't oh, have to make it that realistic. I'm like, well, I'm not fucking Atlantean, so I don't know what the fuck yeah. that means. I mean, we all saw Phantom Menace. You know, it's you. You could make underwater look Gungan okay. Gungan has no liking, bro. Shit, what the fuck is? Yeah. 
I was like, ooh, the gun um, looks fucking more lit up. I'm like, somebody got a flashlight down here? Goddamn, son. But, um, yeah, I didn't, let's talk, you know. Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about another character here. Let's talk about Namor. Um, out. um, Mikey, do you have any history with the Submariner? Like, do you know much of his backstory? I know James said he wasn't too familiar with it. I'm actually not familiar with him. Um, you know, I, I haven't read any of the comics that he was in beforehand. I don't, I don't know too much about him other than he has wings on his feet. You know, that's just from the trailer. So I didn't know too much about him before the movie. <laughs> what did you think about his introduction and you know, be, kind of being brought into this film as a protagonist? Uh, I actually kind of liked him and his story arc. Uh, you know, uh, just a little bit they showed of of his character. I kind of did want to see more. Uh, to kind of like James was saying, it's kind of like, hey, where's his own movie kind of thing. I kind of wanted it after that. Um, and it's kind of surprising too that I feel that way because I feel like he's just like an underwater Black Panther because, like, they just <laughs> eat a plant and they became you know powerful. Like, kinda, uh, yeah. yeah. So it's like oh, okay, kind of the same thing, but. I mean, they had some stuff when he was a kid, and they kind of go through it, and like they show his mom and everything like that. So you just kind of get attached. He's the only one that had some character progression, so I guess that's probably why I attached myself a little bit more to him as well. So um, yeah, I liked his character. I like what they did. He's he felt powerful. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but like mm-hmm. he felt like a really powerful person, like the Black Panther did. So it was like a good, you know, kind of play on a, you know, quote unquote villain. I mean, they kind of. I know that's gray characters in this one here because there's the Black Panthers kind of getting vengeance and Neymar's trying to like save his his city. So it's like no one's really bad in this one, but he's like quote unquote the villain. So, but it feels kind of weird, kind of calling him a villain in my opinion at least. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree too. People have been listening as a villain. I'm like, it's kind of like doing what's right for his people though, right? So, I mean, he started started the kind of threats against wakanda but i agree like his his motives were like i don't want anybody else to have vibranium and they shouldn't and so yeah. since you're the only other country on land that does and they kind we of should work together introduced it to the world i mean yeah there's a lot of okay but you know where it's like oh, maybe they, they would have found out eventually but i do like his and is it threats though, though? Is it mm-hmm. really threats that he did because like honestly he was just like people can't know about our stuff or we'll have to come out and like do more stuff. So he's like, "Hey, you need to do this because we can't, or people will find out about us." So I don't think it was really a th- at least in his uh, mind he wasn't threatening. I mean, it's probably no, a threat. he was yeah, saying that the, they wanted to turn up and burn the road. Well, yeah, right. But his yeah, <laughs> the words are a threat. But what I'm saying is like in his mind he's not threatening them. He's really just kind of saying, "Hey, I can't get found yeah. out about. So can you do this for me?" He's yeah, trying he's to play like a good doing, defense. It's not like he has an evil plot, like, I'm going to spread right, across yeah. the land and destroy. He's like, no, I just want us to stay peaceful in a way because we've already dealt with shit like this hundreds of years ago, and we're just, we live in peace, relative peace, you know. Although that's where it was going at the end, though, you know, when they were starting to fight, was that he was just going to burn the world because of what um, they did to kind of take Shuri back, uh, the Wakandans, um, which, True. you know... For for uh, a country of or a type of people that can't really go on land, were they gonna just attack all the coasts? <laughs> like how far are they gonna get in? Well, they got their little mats to... on. I guess they're fine, dude. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> um, what and and I mean, I don't know how much anybody really cares at this point, but Namor does bring up that he's basically a mutant, and so every what I've read yeah, I mean, essentially leads into saying there's gonna be X Men. It's just fucking pull. Take the 
Take the goddamn band-aid off already with the mutant shit. Like, just, okay, we get just it. bring the okay, X Men in. Cool. Yeah, that ain't gonna be until Fantastic Four and Phase Six. Watch. Yeah, they're not gonna touch that mutant stuff until they they don't have anything to do anymore. And Phase Six is already planned out, so mutants aren't until Phase Seven. No, no I think Deadpool <laughs> Three is in Phase Five. Yeah. Well, they are shooting it, so it won't be too long from now. There's some other characters we can talk about as well, but I kind of want to just get into the meat of this first before we uh, go into some more of the film. Shuri, becoming the Black Panther. She found a way to bring back the fruit um, that will rebirth the uh, Black Panther and bought it up synthetically. I mean, really, she did 3D print it. Is that natural? I don't don't know how their technology is. I don't know what material she's using. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I was like... Yeah, but she made it happen. It's the power of vibranium. So she's the Black Panther. I don't know if this means that she's always going to be the Black Panther, but in this movie, that's what they were letting us know. Uh, James, what are your thoughts on Shuri becoming the new Black Panther? I kind of, I was kind of like rooting against it because I'm not going to try to like put personal things in, but like Letitia Wright as a person is kind of a piece of shit, so. Um, look into it. You know, all that controversy that we had heard when they were shooting this film about Letitia Wright, I was like, well, did, I guess you just minimize her role. And I realized seeing what happened in this film, I'm like, yeah. oh no, they couldn't. Oh, <laughs> whoops. I was like, fuck. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of their fault, right? They could they had different places they could have gone with the story, and yeah. they chose not to do that. So, which is I mean, weird. It's kind of their I, fault. I don't want to get into it because, like, Disney seems to pick and choose who they fire, you know? And they it seems like this could have went a different route. Like, Nakia easily could have became the new Black Panther, in my opinion. And I would have been totally okay I would have loved that, Nakia but... to be it. Lupita Nyong'o was a badass in this film, too, cool. in her own way. Yeah. You know, she would have been yeah, great as well. I didn't realize that she hadn't shown up in the Avenger movies. She was gone. Since yeah, then. it didn't even cross my mind until yeah, I thought about either. it. I was like, oh, I was yeah, like, oh, she shit. wasn't there. I was like, damn, okay. Mm-hmm. She went off, became a teacher and stuff, and... Um, yeah, I wasn't too into Shuri because then, uh, once again, I mean, I'm just going to say, I don't think Letitia Wright's a great actress, like, as a lead, if that makes sense. She was saying lines that felt so forced. They're like Black Panther lines, you know, that when Chadwick Boseman would say them, I was like, oh, shit, like, I'm getting goosebumps, you know? But then when Letitia Wright says it, it sounds like, it didn't sound right, if that makes sense. It seemed really forced. Um, it didn't have the same impact. No. She does not have the charisma charisma of Chadwick, but I don't think a lot of people do, to tell you the truth, but Letitia Wright did, definitely does not, and I was, I didn't feel threatened by the Black Panther. I, I know that sounds so fucking, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to fucking say I could fucking, I, I could probably whoop this Black Panther's ass, is what I'm saying. I, I, I don't think I've ever said that about any superhero, but I'm like, mm, I could probably hold my own. So, uh, <laughs> she weighs, what, 90 I pounds? Agree. Fuck, dude. I agree that, you know, from, uh, from someone who's supposed to be the lead in the sense because and we talked it, about this just a little bit right where she wasn't it, carrying it, in the film it's such a disney forced lead like oh like this person yeah. she's on the front of the thing oh look she's the new black pen like chill the fuck out dude like i don't think anyone personally likes this person so like i would have felt the same like and it, it's i'm not trying to say anything about a lot of the other characters like there's a reason why we say lupita nyango's character nakia would be a good one because like even in baku i don't think it would make for a good black panther like i think no, i can see dumb. where he's going with he's being royalty 
Yeah, <laughs> like it, yeah. he'd be cool as a like king. It, It'd be funny to see. I him. I thought there was almost gonna be like multiple Black Panthers. Like there's gonna be four. Yeah, of them. So I'm did like, I. Okay, yeah. Cool. That's. I, I'm okay with this. Like fuck. I mean. But like Nakia's presence in the film and what she her history with Chadwick Boseman, you know, and, and or or T'Challa, like all this, yeah. like would make more sense to me because even her specialty skills like she knows how to fight she's stealthy yeah, sure she, you know, know she has fight. a lot of well, well, i mean technology this is all yeah. new to her well, she uses like technology but yeah, yeah. this is all kind of new that's to why her. i'm like i've i've, I've kind of said i mean we'll jump into it later but I, I i feel like they really should have recast the role just to kind of keep the continuity going i guess for shit like i don't think we we're ready yet for sure to become black panther maybe like a Black Panther four or some shit, you know? Like, goddamn. Yeah, or like um, you said, if we did multiple ones and they could have squared it off in another film, like saying, okay, yeah. so this is where one we're of my settling. Friends, uh, listener of the pod, by the way, OC, I know you're listening to this. Uh, he brought up a good thing. He's like, I thought it was funny that no one challenges anyone for the Black Panther thing because you know how your powers are taken away. Because Shuri would yeah. never beat anyone. I thought the same thing. Like they he wouldn't told be able this, to. And I was yeah, like, she'd lose. I didn't even fucking think about that. I was like, oh my god, yeah, she wouldn't make it. Out the fuck like like the the waterfall scene so uh, mm-hmm. one last thing i will bring up this is how much uh, you know i didn't care is when she gets stabbed by namor she gets impaled at one point i actually looked at yeah. mikey mikey knows this is real and i said in the theater nice like <laughs> i thought she was <laughs> gonna like, die i was like okay cool they're fixing it just kill the whole line okay I get I was like, it, fuck, thank God. I was honestly like, thank I, n- I never thought about it so you guys just brought it up there but actually i think now that you guys have said it and i just thought about it here actually having multiple black panthers in this film would have been really cool yeah hey we didn't we didn't have one right so we just make nakia we make okoye we make imbaku we make everybody a black panther and just have a big ass battle at the end that would have been badass i think i would have liked that a lot yeah yeah just to make everybody a black panther Panther. like the whole city black panthers right well and then they go back and they can just be like you know we can't have you know this was a special thing because the whole city was under attack and then they'd go back to tradition and whatever. Like they can make up some things. So the 3d printed flower doesn't last very long, right? It only lasts a couple of days, right? It's like a temporary thing. So, and then they could just continue on in the storyline when they can build one with a real black Panther. Right. So I don't know. I feel like that would actually be pretty cool. I would like that actually. Yeah. Well, what did you think, um, Mikey, just to get your thoughts on it too, with, uh, um, Shuri, being Black Panther, like any other thoughts on your end? I mean, I kind of echo what's already been said a little bit. Um, I feel like, I mean, the the main thing I can't get by for Shuri is I didn't, I don't think of her as a fighter, like you guys were saying already. So it's like, it felt like a weird choice to make her Black Panther. I understand from her, like, point of view and, like, mindset and stuff like that, that that's who, like, a logical choice would have been. Um, because, well, she's in line to be the queen afterwards, right? So it would make sense that she would also be the Black Panther. But I just don't see her character as being, like, the leader of a whole nation, let alone just a warrior or anything like that. It's just I didn't get that vibe from that character. So I didn't think, logically, it didn't make sense that she was the Black Panther, to me at least. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of just echo what you guys are saying already. I will say too, like her motivation. I, I liked I liked the Killmonger thing when she went back to um, the the plains to be able to, to see her ancestors, um, and it was Killmonger. And I actually liked that play to show that she actually saw you know the vengeance side of it. But again, kind of what James was saying in regards to like her acting of feeling that pain. I was I didn't like, believe it, dude. I was like, you just yeah, I, really I don't feel crying. it there. 
Yeah, I mean, Michael B. Jordan, he was giving it all, and yeah, I just Michael saw Michael B. Jordan writing was doing it too. I was like, God, I wish you didn't get killed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so God, they're just gonna man, bring I him back. The fucking Black Panther, because I, I saw a scene someone posted over the weekend of him fighting the three guards. I was like, menacing as fuck. God damn it, yeah. I missed out on this one. Yeah. Yeah, so and then like, we know, he, and then fucking Killmonger told him he's like, just don't get vaccinated. That's your weakness. And then he disappeared into the darkness. Yikes! That's the truth, it though. Sense now. Oh my god! <laughs> and the wasp was but, there too. Um, I was like, oh my god! Wait till we get to that movie, guys. Disney Quantum Mania. That That'll cases. be interesting. But um, yeah. So like, I can get the motivation of the vengeance and trying to go towards it. Like, I feel this from a story perspective. Like you said, Mikey, everything makes sense. It's all it works the way it's going. But Tisha Wright there, just what isn't a strong enough lead for this, there, and where they're yeah, going to go with, with that it. Too. No, speaking of plot, though, like the movie goes two hours and forty minutes is insane. It's long. Well, I think a lot of that time is dedicated to deal with like the grief and the death and the loss. Not you know? really, yeah, but it's the whole like, Ray, uh, Williams scene they probably could have got cut out from the entire movie, and they would have saved you twenty minutes. Well, well that, every that, rebuild, I think that was a studio thing. But, yeah. I don't think she's necessary. I don't mind her. I, she seems like she'd be an interesting character, but I, I would have just preferred her just being having her show and be just kind of locked. I would have been there. fine if they just mentioned that she had built it. Yeah, you know, yeah, and like then a build that machine, what to and that? then Did we would have just seen it played yeah. out in the uh, in the, in the, the TV Marvel show. Marvel stuff used to do hints about names all the time, so we wouldn't see them for three movies. Like, oh, that's who they were talking about. It just—it was just made by some college student, you know, kind of thing. And yeah. then and we then go see the show, and they flash forward. This person, yeah, like she's the, in college. The exactly. Ross and Valentina scenes all could have been cut. Those are all super unnecessary. Oh yeah, those are terrible. You want us to love the Thunderbolts? Like, no one gives a fuck right now. Like, yeah. Who cares, dude? Like, I mean, I like Martin Freeman, so he's always nice to see on screen. Yeah, and they we played well together. Thing too, so it's nice to see. Yeah, <laughs> and Julia Louis Dreyfus, you know, she's fun too. So seeing them on screen was fine, but it added nothing to the film. I'm not big on the Valentina character right now. She's kind of annoying. I don't like yeah. her at all. Yeah. I don't know. Like I don't like annoying. what they're doing with her. Just the and way I don't she's like acting. That. I'm still not sure if she's good or bad. She seems like, like, what she's am I supposed to do? Direct to DVD, fucking like villain. Like, I don't think you're supposed to be in these. movies. You know, it's like some characters should just be for the TV. And she should just be for the show. No, well, she's gonna just be put like her in one of the shows. Thunderbolt. Yeah. Oh god, I don't even know anymore. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we've talked a lot about characters, a little bit about the plot. What about the action? Do you, do, from a Marvel perspective, even comparing it to the previous Black Panther film, do you guys feel like the action scenes, at least like the ones that we did end up having, were were strong? Did you feel um, like these were? Like what we were waiting for, and of this finale of the phase, Mikey. What what were your thoughts on the action? Uh, I mean, I think they were okay. Uh, they're, they're not terrible. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, I feel I feel like I'm I'm trashing everything here. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, but they, I mean, like, I mean, I guess the the biggest scene is at the end there where they're on the boat. Which in the first place, why the hell would you go on a boat in the middle of nowhere when you're fighting people that can swim and as fast as they want to, and like yeah, they have that, like, whales that, and shit? Like, like, yeah, like why would you take them out in the middle of nowhere? Like they yeah, outnumber you sense. and they can swim like way better than you can. So like, doesn't make like, any I sense. I know they why wanted they to get Namor. They wanted to put him up and trap him, but it's like you used to have all the rest of the people fight. Yeah, like it didn't make sense. So like, I didn't like that fight. They just felt so small compared to like what it could have been. Um, like I actually did like the middle scene where they're like flooding Wakanda. I actually like that. I think that battle scene was kind of yeah. cool. They had all the planes and stuff going around, and it was it felt kind of big. Basically, yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. attack. Yeah, it felt really big. And then that's where Angela Bassett dies too. So that kind of makes it a pretty big, epic kind of moment. 
but other than that scene, other than that one invasion scene, I didn't think the other action was very good. I mean, the, the fight on the beach was okay. Um, but, I mean, Shuri just didn't really look like she was fighting very well. Like, uh, even Namor it was kind of, like, damaged a little bit, right? So he didn't even look like he was very strong in that scene. And I said previously, I thought he looked like a powerful character. So it just didn't make sense to me. But yeah. uh, the invasion scene definitely was pretty cool, for sure. What about you, James? Anything to add on on anywhere the action um, or any kind of other sequences that might have worked in this film for you? I mean, same thing. Uh, the, the the attack is the the highlight, probably the one you see the most in the trailers too. I thought the boat scene was, and it goes on too long, man. I thought the movie was about to end, and then I saw, it, looked at my watch, I was like, there's another hour and a half of this fucking thing. <laughs> I was like, God well, damn. What about what about like um, you know we got the introduction of. Not forgetting about even Ironheart and her suit, but we had the Midnight Angel or the was it the Blue Midnight Angel? I mean, those are all comic book characters. Like those are actual things, but interesting how they look. Terrible. That looks so. Yeah, I didn't like the Midnight Angel suit either. I showed you guys an image of the Ironheart suit like a week prior. Yeah, it was pretty bad. No, it must not be done. No, that's that's the that's the scene. No, no joke. Like CG aside, just the design of the suits didn't look very good. Like just in no. general, like even if you just drew it out like really badass and like a comic, I'm hoping I that's not really the, the final Ironheart suit. I, I understand that like, that's just like variation of the Midnight Angel one that she kind of uses, right? Technically, because she doesn't get to bring it with her when she leaves to do her show, or I mean, sorry, go back to college or whatever. Oh, the Ironheart shirt, yeah. suit, yeah, it stays in Wakanda. Yeah, so I'm sure she makes something. Thing was... I didn't like, like that. We didn't need that. I wanted like, to. We don't need that at all. Is that just to show that Shuri's if you guys look at a drawing of it? If you see a drawing in the comics, like if you see a photo of that, those look way more badass than what they, they showed okay. on. Okay, I on didn't screen. look it up, yeah. but uh, these look terrible. They looked like um, they look like they were directed to the Iron Man suits. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it was pretty bad. <laughs> I, feel like I don't which, know how to say it. Which is they funny. Look bad. Like, don't get me wrong. If anyone says yeah, this look they, good, they were like, not good. Uh, don't know what it's funny to. though because that's part of like Okoye, uh, Okoye's uh, gripe it? too is they look terrible and oh, I was like because okay. they do they look terrible <laughs> oh yeah they look bad and then when there's a scene where like her helmet comes up I was like oh my god <laughs> who saw this and was like yeah that's passable no, no. what the fuck it's sad it's, it sucks because even though I mean no offense to the first one I love the first Black Panther uh, the CG's terrible in that movie too there's a fight scene at the end of the first one between the two Black Panthers. I was like, oh my God, was this added fucking a week ago? Do you think that this kind of is a reflection on on like Disney's or Marvel's CG team being overworked? Like they're spending no as much time as they can, but they can't finish it done no or because it seems like it's a constant thing. Like these CG things have really kind of ta- tapered down um, in this phase for a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, this is easily the worst looking phase too. Um they can blame COVID for like another three months, probably, and after that, I mean, after I, I don't know, they're running out of excuses. I mean, sorry, Letitia Wright doesn't blame that. Um, they tried their hardest, I guess. <laughs> they tried their hardest. Um, she no, she would probably about, tell you it looks fine to her. What are you talking? I mean, about? she's like everybody's healthy. What yeah. about um, the music? I remember the first Black Panther film. I, I mean, I love that album. I bought that, that soundtrack shit on, was I have it on vinyl. Mm. Yeah. But did you feel the same? I didn't feel the no. same myself on, on this I soundtrack. Enjoyed, I don't I feel like there was most much of the music. Songs, though. I won't lie. I still thought yeah. it was okay. It has a little bit more mixture of uh, Latin music, too, I think, because of the Namor background, which is. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first one I know, um, Kendrick Lamar was in charge of all the songs. He, produ- yeah. he produced he that all. I don't think he was for this one, which sucks because there's such good songs in that first one. 
Rihanna had two songs in this this one, which were they were good songs. I don't mind the Rihanna one. Mm. Sad. Mm. No, real talk though. I it's it's not as like memorable overall though. Song one. I thought there was the the weekend and fucking Kendrick Lamar killing the first one. Like those are songs I still listen to today. Like to like in the. I mean, this is a song with him too. Like, yeah. Yeah, Thanks. Um. All right. Well, what? Let's talk about the ending then. Um. We. I don't. I don't think we want to talk much more about the fighting and Neymar and everything. I think. I think we've beaten all the said. So let's just talk about the mid credit yes. kind of mid credit scene. Yeah. Um. And basically, Nakia and T'Challa ended up having a child together, but they put their kid in secret, kind of away from Wakanda, because they wanted him to be away from that life. Very. Very. Of royalty. Yeah. Yeah, he wants he wants him to have real life experiences. So um, Toussaint, right? I believe French Toussaint. Yes, right. Uh, yep, really French Haitian name. name. T'Challa. Because T'Challa. We'll just do a time jump next time and make him the new black. That's what I'm saying. It because we should have recast the fucking role to begin with. That's exactly what, what things going to happen. Right? Is that what we're trying to do? They're just going to time jump him, age him up, quantum mania or something's going to change I time. Like I'm sure. Is going to do some shit to people. Just no. like, well, I mean, honestly, do they even need to do that though? Sorry. Like they have the multiverse. They could have just pulled out T'Challa from another multiverse, another Secret universe, Wars, right? Mikey. And pulling it in. Yeah. Come on. Kill Should happen in Secret Wars. Bitch. There's a there's a lot going on there. There probably won't be another Black Panther film until like Phase Six or something. So they have not announced you know. it. I know they talked about a Black Panther three this month, but there's nothing solid. Um, I I had heard. I mean, I'm going to rumor reveal, but I had heard near the end of the production of the second one, they were prepping to not have. The teacher right back for any more movies. So, really, I mean, once again, that was back then. But she did promos for the shit, so I don't think you'd be doing promos for a movie when you're like, "Fuck this." Franchise. Yeah, if she, if they're gonna cut her out. Yeah, I mean, she I mean, seems she's pretty easy to trick, though. So who knows? <laughs> oh, sorry, I said I wouldn't do this. <laughs> so, what did you guys think about the secret um, child? Now, apparently, it's not secret to his mother before she passed away. So I guess there's that yeah, little yeah. thing. <clears throat> But, she, I got a question. Did she learn when she visited her? Like, is that are they implying like she always knew, or she she knew when she went there? Queen Ramonda, yeah. or I guess yeah, she already knew at the time. They probably met the child or something, or knew that they had it in secret, and and let, let that happen in blessing to go away. But they didn't share that with anybody else. So Shuri, for some reason, Shuri was left in the dark. Which yeah, God convenient. forbid you're the next of kin, but mm, you're good. Yeah, um, um, I thought it was okay. Mikey, any thoughts on your end about just that? On the, you know, the few, I mean, you kind of just heard us about it, but my, James and I. But any anything on your end in regards to what do you think that means for the future of this franchise or a Black Panther? I mean, it's it's a nice nod to, to Chadwick, right? I mean, it's you know try to keep his his character, I guess, quote unquote, his character uh, alive a little bit. Uh, I mean, what's it needed? I, I think they had multiple ways they could have brought back a different T'Challa. So they didn't really need this, but it's a, it's a nice uh, kind of, you know, option they have in the future. So yeah, I could see it working. And and from what I've heard, like this is not comic book accurate too. Like he does not have a kid in the comics like this. So this was added by Ryan Cooler. And so yeah, it makes sense. Kevin Feige. Yeah. But yeah. once again, it makes sense yeah. for, you know, just in case. Yeah, if things right? don't work out, they just feature it up. It's fine. That's I what get I mean. That, it's know. almost like it's almost fifteen like year a, jump, um, like a backup plan, right? Like just in case, I'm leaving enough bread. Yeah, exactly. Here, just in case yeah, I don't do the next movie, yeah. somebody can fucking fix mm-hmm. this fucking thing. So 
I mean, that kid looked like, what, seven years old, right? So it's before this happening? Yeah, seven or eight. <laughs> the <I> blip. <laughs> so, yeah. Right, uh, question a, then: Did did uh, did um, did Nakia survive the snap? She, from what it sounds like, she it's did. It's implied that she and survived. So that's why she disappeared. That's why she, she yeah. Left that's why she went Chad teaching was, and stuff. Yeah. Sorry, because Black Panther was gone, right? Yep. Okay. And then when he came back, and then he died again, she was like, "I can't. I I just can't do this anymore." She's like, "This left. is getting fucking ridiculous." Disney, figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so I think you've gotten our thoughts pretty much of this film or where we're at with it and what we're looking forward to and what we think about this phase. <laughs> There's a lot of a I, lot I will of say thoughts. we are in the minority, apparently, if you look at Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Shit, like, um, most people enjoy this. People do like this film. Um, there are a lot of um, people that will like anything that comes out from Marvel, I think, truth be told. <laughs> so it's one of those things that um, sorry that we... I mean, so, me personally, sorry I'm burned the fuck out on these fucking movies, and I think that they're getting yeah. fucking worse every time I watch them. I've I will agree with you, up. James, too. I actually do not want to review any more superhero films. It's like he's done with At them. least for like a year. Let me fucking and I would let me agree. cocoon up in the pool, if you know what I mean. Ron Howard, that bitch <laughs> the, up these... and fucking come out fucking like refresh. Like, okay. Each one of these films for this phase, the big films that were coming out, I was getting a little hyped for hoping that it was going to be something more than it was. Don't do that. And this this film <laughs> was just that last one that was like, well, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, you know, Ryan Coogler's doing it. It's Black Panther. You got the like, and there's some great films. I enjoyed this film for the most part. I know you're talking a lot of negative things, but I actually did enjoy it. But um, it just. The, what what we ended with the last phase um, with to where we're at now. It's it's and it just I mean with, it with doesn't that being resonate. Said, too, it makes me kind of like worried about like it's like you kind of I'm not, it's like they blew their load a little too early with like all the great superheroes and now we're like we literally are getting like the B B and C and D squad like all right this is what's left like them like thank, yeah there's like, not I a lot don't of feel top like tier. I'm gonna get excited for this shit until the Fantastic Four X Men show back up because then we get back into some S tier fucking heroes right because yeah. Disney's are cowards and they won't recast people so. Not even talking about Black Panther, by the way. I'm talking like the the legacy characters. So, yeah. Well, I'm hoping that with these uh, reboots, we had to settle for only three Iron Man uh, films. Like, sorry, like, shit would have been nice. Well, hopefully, like with Secret Wars, if they can get these things moving pretty quickly, we'll see something. But we really got to see it. 2026 at this rate, I don't know. Yeah, make it, man. We. We gotta see a thread here. It's a very thin thread. It's it's pretty bad to say when some of the TV shows are better than the movies. That um, uh, you know which, that the TV show is better than the movie. The the Loki show. I like Loki, and yeah, Hawkeye. Loki was, was great decent. show too. Loki was decent. Mikey, what would you uh, rate this film from one to five? Uh, it's probably lower than you guys, but I gave it two. Two. Yeah, I mean. It's it's not a. I'd still recommend people go watch it, which is kind of weird. You know, it's a two star movie. Probably don't think I wouldn't recommend it. I would still recommend people to go watch this, but just go in the like. I think for me, it's more so the mindset I was in going into the movie. I was yeah. more disappointed with it on top of the things we've already talked about here. So it just makes my rating a little lower. But still, I mean, it's it's a Marvel movie. If you like the first one, kind of want to see what happens to those characters, that kind of stuff here. I mean, you still kind of want to watch it. So I would still recommend go see it. But I just didn't think it was as good as it could have been. So I gave it two. All right. All right. What about you, James? What did you rate this film? I gave it a three stars out of five. I will probably never watch this movie again. 
I feel you. And I gave this a three and a half out of five. Um, like I said, I enjoyed it, especially the the first two acts. Um, but uh, there's definitely uh, aspects seven. of the plot that I wouldn't. Have... Sorry, I'm, I'm <laughs> so negative. Um, but uh, but uh, I don't like uh, I don't like what the direction they're going with the Black Panther, and hopefully they are going to make some adjustments. Well, I guess we'll wait and see. All right, so that's the end of the pod. Thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for all the response, feedbacks, and reviews. Look us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Movie Pals Pod. And any podcast feed that you subscribe to, we are literally on every one of them. Just look us up, Movie Pals Pod. Tell your friends about us. Leave us a response. Um, leave us a reviews too. Five stars would be great. Helps our algorithm. Uh, tune in to next time, episode 139. We're going to be reviewing the new, oh, I guess, Christmas comedy slash violent action film called Violent Night. So somebody Love it. Wanted us to check this out. The best out. way to celebrate the holidays. Yeah, so we're going to do a violent, Krampus-like holiday movie called Violent Night. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's quite a horror film. And we're going to continue our couple of films because we're, we're trotting along these. We're over halfway done with the 1987 film Gardens of Stone. So until then, this is James. And Nabil. And Mike. Have a great one. <laughs>